0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Hollywood Knockbusters. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody. I've got my awesome friend here, who's, uh, I believe you have not been on this particular show yet. Is that right, Vittorio Treppo? Uh, I think so, yeah. So you haven't been on this show yet, but you've, uh, actually, I may have you on another episode of this season because there's tons of ones that, um you know that aren't available online that are dvds and so you know more fun to watch you know on the dvd but um uh yeah so we're going to be talking about the uh the film matinee i think it was the 1993 film um by with john goodman by joe dante um let's begin chatting about this
1: uh let's begin
0: yeah let's begin um So to, to start off with, uh, were you always like, were you always a John Goodman fan yourself? Um, I never
1: really, he he wasn't bad. I just, I remember him from Roseanne. Um, I think he, uh, he probably has done a lot more stuff. I mean, obviously it's been a while since Roseanne was out, but it's been, you know, he, he was known as, you know, as from Roseanne and he kind of, branched out after that I, you know i don't know if he did some Cohen brothers movies
0: he did he did I a know, few Cohen brothers movies yeah um he definitely
1: wound found himself in that like 50s style like snake oil slash used car salesman
0: yeah he had yeah. a lot of fun with that um i think you know it's so funny that a role comes once in a while that just really I think makes people really excited to like, you know, kind of dip their toes in that, that water, you know? Yeah. Uh, The character, I think um, his character obviously was modeled after William Castle and I've always been bummed because I guess this is the closest we're going to get to like a a William Castle biopic kind of thing, you know? Um, Never say never. I mean,
1: they did Ed Wood and, you know out of all the out of all the directors in hollywood that probably deserve a biopic i think william castle was close enough to be you know because they did um you know they
0: did that one about uh james whale they did the Uh, uh, gods and and monsters yeah wonderful movie and they did hitchcock um they they've done ed wood they if they've done Tommy Wiseau, why haven't they done William Castle? Like, I just don't get it. Like, I, I don't I don't understand he's, he's, that. He's big enough. He's big enough there. But then again, if they haven't, they also haven't done
1: a biopic of like Vincent Price. That's true.
0: I guess it's really hard because then, I mean, you know, are they going to do it, biopics about everybody? You know,
1: well, it, it, it's 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 interesting because the uh, they didn't uh, like um the one biopic they did of uh, they did one of Lon Chaney Sr. called Man of a Thousand Faces, mm-hmm. and it was, it was James Cagney, and that was okay, you know it was it wasn't the greatest, and everyone everyone who is there will will admit that it's not the greatest, but uh, <clears throat> um, the another one they did I was just reading that they actually did a Jackie Robinson biopic, but they had actually jackie robinson playing jackie robinson
0: yeah interesting weird i never knew about that what wasn't that wasn't the original or the other biopic of him was that 62 if i'm correct or is that something yeah, else
1: with um with um guy who played black panther
0: yeah who chadwick boseman who chadwick, sadly yeah. uh passed away um was such a bummer too he had so much going in his career he was doing so well such a bummer yeah you know, it's amazing
1: when you look back at like all i
0: mean how like the movies that he was in he was in a lot of really good movies yeah yeah he, he had he had like you can't say he didn't have a good career you know No, he he had probably wanted probably actually probably
1: one of the better you know he kind of reminds me of in, in some ways of like um that John Cazala guy. I'm not sure who that is. Uh, he was in, um, he was only in like four movies. Like, but he was, it, it was in like Godfather, Godfather Oh, 2, that guy, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: I, Deer Hunter and Apocalypse Now. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I remember reading about that and like, they're all award winners. You know, yeah, and the, I like, think he it, was in it, The Conversation too, or something. The movie The could've, Conversation. Could've, yeah. So he had been in like, five or six movies or whatever. That's it. Then he died uh-huh. and all of them were award winners. Um, and he was supposed to be in Godfather part three, somewhere like a flashback or something, you know, but yeah. uh, never got to film his role. And I think, wasn't that the one that didn't win an award or something, you know, yeah. <laughs> could have won one if you were then there, you know, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, uh, to go back to matinee uh, yeah. and Joe Dante, I've been a huge fan of his um, when uh, growing up, everybody always goes gremlins gremlins and they think of gremlins but explorers was my like gateway drug into the uh joe dante films you know um
1: i've never seen that
0: one you never seen it oh dude i gotta show you explorer sometime you love it um it's it's like ethan hawk and river phoenix and uh, i mean river is that on Young. disney somewhere i don't know i'm sure it's on a streaming platform but it's it's one of my favorite. Like, um, they like build a spaceship. That's like the whole idea of the movie. Um, it's on stars if you have that. Um, but uh, yeah, it it is. I a, can probably it, rent it off Netflix. You probably can, and it's a wonderful. It's definitely worth a rent. Um, that was my that was my gateway drug into Joe Dante, and then of course Gremlins and. Uh, a ton of other films he's done um uh but you know this this movie matinee i when i was a younger i was not i don't know i guess i wasn't as interested in seeing it because it was set in the 50s you know and or i think it was it was 50s right uh it wasn't 40s um but i was just not into that like time period back when i was a kid um you know, I, I became bigger into period pieces and all that stuff years later in my life. But uh, Matinee is probably one of the, like, undiscovered gems, I think. Because I don't think a lot of people even know about it, you know? No, it, it's a very, in fact, probably,
1: uh, I think even out of, out of all the stuff Joe Dante's done, is probably his least known movie. Mm-hmm. Even Which... though it does have uh, you know, pretty good cast.
0: You know, it, it, it's not a well-known movie, which is a bummer. You know, more people. That's why I'm doing this podcast. Maybe somebody will hear it and go, "What is matinee? Let me go check that out." And you know, it's oh, it's Joe Dante. It's you know, it's a uh, uh, and Joe Dante's got his regular group of people. You know, um, aside from uh, John Goodman, which I don't think he's worked with since or before um it's also got uh his buddy robert picardo and dick miller and those guys are just staples in uh in the world of joe dante films especially yep. dick miller yeah miller
1: was in you know you, he, they should have a t-shirt with him like just a picture on just a picture of him underneath going it's miller time
0: <laughs> um i would buy that i don't know maybe one of those uh at uh, Scares That Care Weekend, maybe there's a, a t-shirt uh, booth or t-shirt thing that has that. I don't know. Or maybe somebody could go make one. Um, if you design t-shirts, please make one because that'd be awesome. Um, so let's let's talk about the story real quick. Um, so basically on the IMDb uh, thing, I'm going to read the longest one. It says, in 1962 in Key West, the local movie uh theater has scheduled the preview of the low budget mant uh about a man transformed an ant after a nuclear accident the b movie b horror movie producer lawrence Woolsey and the lead actress ruth uh corday come together uh, or come themselves to the town to promote the film meanwhile uh there's the cuban missile crisis affecting the lives of the locals wolsey brings state-of-the-art equipment for special effects that cause havoc among the residents that believe cuba might be attacking key west pretty much sums up the movie i guess in a very yeah. you know i mean there's more to it there's more stuff we can go into that but um i think that pretty much nails n- nails the head whatever you know nails it on the head um And now let me go into the cast real quick. Um, John Goodman plays, we said, Lawrence Woolsey. Um, Kathy uh, Moriarty. Moriarty. Really terrible with names sometimes. Um, Ruth Corday uh, slash Carol, because she plays Carol inside the the movie Mant. Um, Simon Fenton uh, plays Gene Loomis, which weird that it's a Loomis get this you know i keep hearing all those stuff all the time that name um obviously i think i feel like it's always a psycho reference or something you know um i don't know i don't think joe Don do you think joe dante made a reference to halloween
1: well loomis i mean it's
0: yeah but loomis was sam loomis was originally the name of the guy in psycho the uh so he was like he wasn't Norman Bates, obviously, but he was uh, the uh, was it the uh, boyfriend or uh, the boyfriend of the of Janet Lee's character, you know. And then uh, so Halloween used Sam Loomis as a reference to Psycho because I think Psycho was John Carpenter's favorite film or one of them. Plus, it's also. It's also interesting that, uh, and this is, I guess, this is to that movie, but um, Halloween uh, had Jan- uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis, who was the daughter of Janet Lee. So it's really funny. You know, it all comes full circle, you know, and that yeah. kind of thing. Omri Katz uh, plays Stan, and I always remember Omri Katz from the Hocus Pocus and from Uh, Er the eerie indiana which was one of my favorite shows growing up i used to love that show um lisa jacob who you might remember from like mrs doubtfire and uh let's see independence day and a bunch of other movies back about that time um she's unfortunately quit acting um she's retired and she sells books and talks about her life and and does like you know, talks and everything. She's sweet. I've uh, interviewed her before. Um, and she plays Sandra, the girl who, the misfit girl who caused all the trouble, you know. Um, Kelly Martin, who I'm friends with on Twitter and has liked my tweets to her. So that was awesome. Uh, she played Sherry, the cute uh, girl who had a, uh, you know, who basically uh was the love interest of um i want to say was omri katz's character yeah omri katz's character and uh let's see there's jesse lee sofer who played dennis loomis um and i guess that was uh yeah that was the little brother and uh loomis uh was lucina jenny and then there was uh Harvey Starkweather. Do you remember that guy? That the um, the fifties. Uh, uh, what's he called? Um, you know, he reminded me of the like grease. He's a greaser. Yeah. Character the, the one who gotten you know sent to jail and stuff before. Um, yeah. He was uh, he was played uh, by uh, James Villamare. Villamare? And uh Robert Picardo played Howard the Theater Manager and Dick Miller played Herb Denning. So those are the only ones that the, tr- the the main cast. We don't want to have to go through everybody in the movie. Um who is your favorite character in this movie?
1: Oh that's that's tough. Um
0: well I let's do, say I let's do. say
1: without John Goodman, like take John yeah. Goodman out, because obviously. Um, I kind of like that one. That one girl who's like the friend. I think it, the the smart w- was I'm trying to think who who she was. The the lady who was the um, who was the smart know it all.
0: The the one that was causing all the trouble. Yeah, it was telling everybody you know don't go down and you know yeah. that's not going to help and you know all this stuff. Um, that was Lisa you know, Lisa Jacob playing uh, Sandra yeah so she was wonderful i loved her too uh she was probably i I would say she's my favorite character um i i don't know um actually come to think of it um yeah i think she was my favorite her or uh, the other main girl um as i said kelly martin's character uh what was her name um uh sherry
1: I think they had a lot of people in this movie, but not as many characters. You know, there was a lot of background people,
0: a lot of that's true. Yeah, yeah. Was- well, there's like main, maybe like ten main characters, you know, and then the rest were all people that maybe had a few lines or um, set dressing. You know. Yeah, they're pretty much there because I mean, the main thing, the main set is the theater. You know, that's like where most of the action actually takes place uh so like the first act is you know talk you know kind of introducing that they're going to have this big theater you know thing during you know Cuban missile crisis right which actually makes sense that they would do a film you know screening or whatever to try to like kind of lighten the mood of it but they also tried to make it work with you know cuban missile crisis you know like i thought that was i think that's pretty neat but sort of like i don't know i i I as a filmmaker would never do that just because you know because the problem is after it gets released back then films don't didn't go to vhs or anything they only got shown at the theater anyway they're not even on most films weren't even on tv i don't think at that time like maybe they were but it was mainly like shows or whatever not movies um, so like if you didn't see Mant uh, you know when it played you didn't see Mant you know probably ever again until if you lived to be you know in the ni- 80s and 90s where VHS came out um, I think that's when VHS came out it could have been earlier than that but um,
1: early 80s I think I think Beta, Max,
0: Beta Max came out earlier Earlier, huh. yeah, that was. A, I had both, I had all of it. I had, I, except for laser disc, I never had a laser disc player, they're too expensive, you know, and they didn't last long enough to, like, you know, make my family want to actually get one. Did you have a laser
1: disc? No, I didn't. Um, I know, like, for a longest time, um, when American Oldies was open down in Newport News, they had, uh, Somebody sold them a bunch of laser discs, and for the longest time, they just had like a whole slew of laser discs there. And, oh wow! Uh, um, I remember um, my cousins had a laser disc player, and I remember the one movie they had was Stripes.
0: Stripes, nice. Uh, that's a that's a good one. I used to have that on Beta, but if you I don't think you were around when I had my beta, were you? No, I don't remember that. So, uh, we would, uh, take the VHS and do from VHS to, um, copy from VHS to beta, you know, uh, which you're not really supposed to do, but it's over done. Nothing you can do about it now. Um, but, uh, that's what we used to do. And then, um, so we'd have all these beta max, uh, uh cassettes and uh i i love like i had princess bride or terminator 2 but they'd always like fuck up you know after a while of watching them right you know um just like vhs you know after a while the tracking would have a problem or something would mess up and always on every single one of them uh they would mess up i don't think i had matinee on anything not even dvd or Oh, well, now I have it on DVD, but I didn't have it on um, VHS or uh, um, or there because, uh, I mean, once again, I wasn't I, I just I guess I wasn't really into watching this stuff. and I didn't know who William Castle was for a long ass time, you know, not till I got into like high uh, past high school. And when I started, you know, started looking up who Ed Wood was after that movie came out. I think I dived into like, oh, there's also this guy William Castle, and there's a bunch of other people. Thanks to the internet. Thank you, internet. Uncle Google. You know. um, My rich uncle, Google. Uh, So, like we said, uh, John Goodman's probably everybody's favorite, you know, you would say. Right? Like, he was probably the best character slash actor in it yeah um so yeah so he played like and he did he did William Castle really well he had the big cigar and you know he um so if people don't know much about uh that time period William Castle would uh basically do the same thing that Alfred Hitchcock was sort of doing at that time which was introduce the films in the trailers and stuff but he made it all about him well i think both of them did that right and what william castle was known for was doing like um i forgot what they're called like gimmicks you know and stuff where they would have like uh i forgot what the tingler was my favorite one because i heard like they would like electrocute you in the seat you know, put
1: little electric, electric uh electrodes randomly inside the on the seats and they would sure. press a button as and you know at certain points and people would get mildly shocked there was another one where they would uh, i think during 13 ghosts where they would ha- run a like a fishing line like going down the center of the uh theater and they would have like a ghost on a pulley that you know would they would just like pulley the ghost and uh
0: and uh, the, the ghost would fly through the audience. Well, I'm wondering, did it ever accidentally fall off and hit somebody in the head face or something? Was there ever a lawsuit with that, I wonder?
1: I mean, you know, you know, back then there was no such thing as lawsuits.
0: Not like today? <laughs> no, no.
1: Like, um, you know, you- I, I think probably, probably back then, you know, back then, you know, there's probably stuff that they probably could have sued but didn't. But, you know, everyone now, it's like, you know, someone gets a
0: scratch and they're like, oh, it's a lawsuit. Yeah. You get punched in the face and you're banned from the Oscars. Just saying. You know, somebody gets you know, It wasn't really a face. punch. It was more of
1: a It was, more of a, it was slap. a slap.
0: It was a slap. It was a smack. And the dude gets banned from the Oscars for 10 years. Uh, all right. Anyway, that's a different discussion that we probably shouldn't have because that's heated. That's a heated discussion right there. I just think it's really silly that, you know, 10 years, but, you know, whatever. Um, I, you know, we could go into that on another episode, on another show. Um, but <laughs> to go back to, uh, to this movie, um, it, so, uh, yeah, so William Castle was basically the, uh, the basis for, uh, what was his name? Uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Woolsey so i wonder how they came up with that name did they just said like that just the sounds that the furthest away from william castle that they can get you know it sounds
1: director ish
0: it okay director Woolsey. i don't know um it was written by uh let me see popping up this not okay hold on um it is written by uh, Charles S. Haas. Um, Charles S. Haas worked with uh, Joe Dante a lot. Um, he did, uh, but before then he did like Over the Edge, which I'm trying to see. I, I remember that. Yeah, there's the Matt Dillon movie. Um, and then another Matt Dillon movie, uh, I believe it was in Matt. Yep, Tex. That was the S.E. Hitton movie if you ever saw that back in the day. Was that
1: that was not that was the same one from the outsiders, right? Yes,
0: yeah, C- C- yeah, C. Hinton was uh from the outsiders, yeah. Uh they did she did that and she had done one other one that I remember the movie uh being made of which was um oh well rumblefish and there was one more thing um uh uh, this that was then, and this is now. Um, which started Emilio Estevez, and um, so yeah, because uh, that was the was the Brat Pack worked on a lot of those, you know. Yeah,
1: um,
0: and then Tron, he also uncredited worked on that the nineteen eighty two Tron. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, then he had done Martians Go Home. I want to say, was that, was that, okay, that sounded like that was Joe Dante, but it was uh, directed by someone else, um, David O'Dell. Um, You heard of that one, Martians Go Home? Yeah, I remember that. Everybody, it's 10 o'clock at night here, so if anyone's getting tired and everything, understand that's why. I've
1: been, I've been, I've been at work all day, so.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not giving you crap about it at all. I'm just letting the audience know that you're not j- tired of doing this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you know, this isn't boring you, I hope. <laughs> um, Jericho Stone was the co-writer, or like, to the story for it. Also, Jericho Stone also wrote, um, or was one of the writers of My Stepmother's an Alien, That's probably, that's gotta be, that's gotta be a Hollywood knockbuster at some point. Um, Yeah. It's only grossed $13 on a $20 million budget. Yep, that's going, that's going on there at some point. Have you ever seen that movie?
1: Messed at Mother's Alien? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Kim Basinger was in that, wasn't
0: it? Yep. Yep, it was a Kim Basinger movie. And Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Uh, wonderful I just I love that movie it was such a that like movies like that or uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie or uh, the, my babysitter you know um, uh, was it my uh, my uh, babysitter is dead you know um, stuff like that I I absolutely loved all those movies like that was those were the films that I grew up watching over and over and over again. Um, don't
1: don't tell mom the babysitter's
0: dead. Yeah, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Um, I Christine Applegate. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And, you know, so I watched all these movies and some may become Hollywood knockbusters on the show. It may come on the show because a lot of them did not do very well, but, like, I loved them. And I knew a lot of people who did, you know, but they... They didn't win the hearts of people in the theater, you know. They actually won it on cable, or, you know, and this movie I think won the hearts with people on cable and in uh, and DVD, you know, and whatnot, VHS. Um, it's it's funny doing all these episodes because I know there are a lot of movies that you probably really enjoyed that you don't realize did not do very well in the box office. You know, like, right? Well, the the thing, too, is like they, a lot of them
1: weren't. Um, even if they didn't do well at the box office, there still wasn't as big of a. Um, you know, there, there's there's more pressure now to get like a big box office than there was back in the day. Plus, you know, they weren't making. You know, back in the day, they'd make a movie for, you know, Like, you know, seems like nothing today, but you know, like 10, 15 million dollars, whatever. And you know, obviously you want to make money, but you know, if you're making a $10 million movie and it only makes, you know, five, you know, I mean, obviously it's a loss, but you know, somewhere that's gonna even out somewhere. So it's not terrible. You know, it's when you get to these like huge astronomical movies, like you know, two, three hundred billion million dollars that you know you just feel the the pressure to make something really you know with like tons of money exactly
0: this movie was the budget was 13 million and it only made nine million five hundred and thirty two thousand eight hundred ninety five dollars
1: now here's a question though is that does that count um any of like the ancillary stuff like uh DVD rentals. No, you know, no, that's just that's just um,
0: uh, that's just box office,
1: and that's probably not even counting like licensing. Like if you license it overseas for for viewing, if
0: actually mean, well, that's much- worldwide, but that's not yeah. licensing for like yeah, you're right. Like if home viewing and everything, um, it's probably made its budget back. You know, if not, maybe made a profit with you know um, home video rentals and sales and 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 different things like that but really what hollywood knockbusters is about is about films that just did not do well in the box office you know so uh this didn't do well in the box office um you know we did uh last year um paul and i did mall rats which uh bombed in the box office but did has done very well you know enough where they're, I think they may be working on a sequel at some point,
1: you know, I thought he, um, was working on sequel.
0: I, thought he I thought he was after like clerks three or whatever. Uh, so from what I've gathered and I don't know, this is speculation because I've, I've read different things, you know? Um, and, and Kevin has said like, he hopes to do ball rats too after, uh, there's different talks at one point they were going to, it was going to be like a series or something like Marat's the series kind of thing. Um, And that would have been cool. Um, But then I think he decided to do, he's going to do it as a film and he's got a great idea for it. He wants to do it, but I think like, he's got to get universal's approval for it, you know, and everything. Like this isn't, you know, like clerks, he was, he was sort of lucky with all the crap that's been going on with Miramax and everything, and you know, the Weinstein stuff that he was able to sort of uh, get the rights back to clerks to give to Lionsgate so that they could do clerks three, you know? Okay. So it's, you know, it's just one of those things, but um Marats was a movie that didn't do very well in the box office bombed, you know, incredibly bad. And, you know, um, there's tons of them, you know, that, that don't do very well in the box office, but they become big hits on DVD, you know? Yeah, tons and of that, them. You know, um, yeah. So, I, I'm guessing
1: uh, obviously uh, Joe Dante was a big uh, William Castle fan, and he wanted to do something to an homage to
0: Castle. I'm sure, that's that's his thing. Like, that was what he was excited about and um uh i don't know i don't know like the specifics of why uh he chose to do this movie necessarily um the uh here's what i've uh read um so the character of lawrence wolsey is based directly upon the real hollywood showman william castle characters introduced in recreation of castle's famous trademark of a silhouette of him in a director's chair with his head turned in profile with his cigar. His name is a reference to Lawrence Woolner, one of the Woolner brothers whose company, Woolner Brothers Pictures, distributed sci fi classics like Attack of the 50 Foot Woman. So I did not know that. That's interesting. Um, uh, in her memoir, Lisa Jacobs stated that she had her first kiss ever. While filming filming this movie, her scene partner, Simon Fenton, uh, apparently did not like Lisa, which made shooting the five takes of the kissing scene very awkward and uncomfortable to get through. I remember reading that thing and going, oh man, that sucks. You know, Uh, it's got to happen a lot too. If somebody just doesn't, if you're not connecting with the person, you know, that's going to suck, you know, or someone Um, just has like bad breath or BO and You know, I I hate to say it, but I think if somebody did, you should tell them, you know, go get some deodorant on, please, you know, or whatever. I know it's hard to, like, be that direct with people, you know, because then you seem like you're embarrassing them. But that's when you, like, pull them aside and you say, hey, you know, you might want to put on some deodorant. You know, Um, but, you know, it it's hard you know, especially when you're working with somebody because you just, you don't know how they're going to react to you, you know? Um, And that's why I think a lot of times actors will, if they know that they're playing like boyfriend and girlfriend, now not kid actors, you know, because uh, kid actors have to do sort of what the the parents sort of get them to do. But um, a lot of actors will sometimes, if they can, they'll get together and and meet each other, maybe have a little date or something, you know, like to like, get to know each other, you know, um, as a way to just, you know, feel comfortable around each other and everything. So I think that's really sweet. I think that's a really cool thing, but sometimes there's just people who just don't like each other, you know, or whatever, and they have to, they have to kiss and that it's gotta be hard. Um, so, uh, so I was going to say what, um, so what
1: place did they get to uh, for the uh, theater? Was it like a theater
0: down in Florida somewhere? All right. The movie theater used for the exterior shots of the Strand Theater is actually located in historic Cocoa Village, Cocoa, Florida. It Cocoa. was, it was built as the Aladdin Theater in 1924. In the 40s, it was a movie theater known as the State Theater. It's operating as the Historic Coco Village Playhouse and is listed um, as on the National Register of Historic Places. Oh, good. So there you go. That answers your question on that. Mister um, Specter um, is based on Samuel uh, Z Arkoff, the real life. Head of american international pictures so i'm guessing mr specter was that guy that came in to check up on the screening remember i actually liked i liked him i liked all the stuff with him coming in and kind of being excited like oh my god this is a movie you know what look at what he's doing really like things are just kind of fucking up around (laughs) that you know like because that um because in the movie, uh, if you guys recall, if you've seen the movie or not, you recall um, the scene with, um, was it the, uh, the Starkweather guy or whatever, uh, the bad guy sort of character, the yeah. um, greaser. He he got a job working at the theater. And he was supposed to just play around with the stuff and then walk around as the, the man and try to scare everybody. But then he saw uh, Omri Katz and Sherry together and he didn't like them together, you know, so he started, you know, scaring them. And uh, it was just it was crazy. It was insane. And then somehow or another, the uh, at the end of it, because he did all the he was doing he was putting everything up to like the rumble thing up to like, like the loudest or whatever, like the yeah. whole theater started breaking yeah that was one of my favorite scenes is like that was like the most action that movie had was them trying to jump to get to the other side and you know not not die from this whole building falling apart um i thought that was pretty cool um what was your favorite scene in this movie
1: I don't know. That's a good question. It, um, the uh, I don't know. I I don't think I have one. I mean, you don't just, have a, a you don't have a favorite. Well, just I like the scenes inside the theater. I always on the sucker with those theater theater scenes, or Jeez. you know, I love any I love any sort of like movies about theaters, like the popcorn or.
0: I was going yes, like to say popcorn popcorn's a great that's a classic um yeah I uh I remember Chris Seaver made a movie called um film crew that was set in a theater and I thought because he actually um I used to work at like an AMC or whatever and so he made a whole movie with every he got I, I don't know how he got them to agree at AMC of all places or whatever to let him film there but you know they i guess they let them
1: amc used to do a lot of like oddball stuff you know even like 10 15 years ago they used to do you know i remember the one in hampton used to do like all sorts of crazy like midnight showings and things like that
0: uh definitely i i i don't know see we have we have amc in virginia like in hampton um and other places like um virginia beach and and whatnot but uh i i didn't really i don't really go to uh amc as much you know just because it's 40 minute drive you know so it's never never well it's probably less than that it's probably 30 minutes but still it's not my you know i'd rather uh, we grew up well i grew up in you know and i'm you grew up here too right so we had uh was it williamsburg um uh the Williamsburg Crossing Theater and then and that I... was it was
1: originally was originally in R- RC Theaters.
0: RC Theaters. Okay, so before it was Williamsburg Crossing?
1: Well it was well we had the 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 there was the Carmike 4 mm-hmm. and then there was the RC Theaters over by uh Williamsburg Crossing and then I think Carmike bought the RCs and I think then um Regal bought of those and then oh, of course wow. they
0: bought they built the new one out by um in Newtown. Yep. And so it was funny because you know I lived I lived close enough to some of the theaters I could just walk there. So I would do that all the time, you know, for like matinees. Matinees just like the movie title, you know. Um but yeah, I uh I loved um I love doing that. And I always loved going to like you know the matinee showings of of things i just unfortunately i i grew up in a time where there really uh there really wasn't any um like 50s style kind of things you know we didn't have like double features or we didn't have you know experiences we just we'd go to the movies and then we're done you know sometimes we would see more than one movie if we felt like it you know, and then um, I just remember seeing stuff like Street Fighter at Windsor Crossing, you know, stuff like that. And walking to go see it, you know, like I enjoyed yeah. that. Um, but, you know, I mean, was it uh, that's sort of that was sort of my life. Uh, and that was like 94, you know, so that was a lot uh, that was hmm, sort of a long time ago. It feels like a long time ago almost uh 30 years ago, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, to get back to Matinee, um the the film was sort of like um I don't know, uh huge like I said, it was it wasn't it wasn't a total bomb, like 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 terrible bomb. But it didn't do well enough where I feel like it, it should have done, you know and maybe a lot of that had to do with marketing and maybe a lot of that had to do with the fact that maybe not a lot of people knew who William Castle was or didn't know what what anything of this was you know yeah that's um
1: it is an interesting time period back in the day because you know there were people all sorts of crazy movies getting made and you just never you know it's just one of those movies that just you know didn't cost much and but at the same time, you know, it was just kind of ahead of its time.
0: Yep, yep, exactly. Um, they say, Oh, wow, they said that the shot of the panicked audience running out of the theater entrance is a direct homage to what movie? Um, The Blob. Yep, the 1958 The Blob. Uh, I love that. That's on Criterion. Yep, which it deserves I, I, to be. I, I
1: used to have that though, like, I remember. I remember reading a biography on Steve McQueen and just, I forget how old he was when he did that, but he wasn't uh, he wasn't, I think he was in his late, late 20s or something, mid, late
0: 20s. Yeah, nice. Um, so I know um, uh, the, the theater that The Blob actually took place in and everything, they actually do a uh, thing where uh you can watch the blob and then at the end you can run out of the place just like in the movie is that cool. funny yeah they do it they it's like blob fest you know maybe we should go up there sometime and check that out that'd be a lot of fun bring paul paul would love that you know go up there run out and stuff and then people sell um uh i know you i'm pretty sure you met christopher R. Mem. you know yep yeah, he sells stuff down there, you know, occasionally, like sells his movies there. Because where is this? Uh, I think, I'm gonna say Pennsylvania. Um, it's called Blobfest. Blobfest. Um, ever like I heard of it because uh, some people on uh, YouTube that I follow, like Cinema Sickness, go up there. It's uh, yep, it's July eighth to July tenth. It's the uh, colonial theater uh, in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. Cool. Yeah, but but that just...
1: that the whole the whole like Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey area has like the coolest conventions.
0: Yeah, I mean, just that just sounds awesome to be able to run out, you know, of the theater just like you were in the movie, you know, or whatever um that just sounds like you know like what are you doing tonight oh, i'm running out of the theater you know that because uh of uh the because the blob is chasing us <laughs> you know <laughs> that's cool yeah um i don't think anybody i don't think anybody from the blob is alive so i don't think there's anything you know yeah um What else? Uh, So, oh, Robert Picardo and Dick Miller both appeared in The Howling and they both appeared as Garbage Men in The Burbs. You know, all directed by Joe Dante, of course. But I think that's really cool. The Burbs, um, was that Tom Hanks? Yep, Tom Hanks and a bunch of people. Like that, that's a huge... No, I don't think that was a bomb. I think that did well, but only because it had Tom Hanks. Do you think if Tom Hanks played uh, played Lawrence Woolsey, it would have been a different movie? Like, do you think it would have done well?
1: Oh yeah, he. I mean, Hanks. I mean, he, Hanks has always been a big, big draw. But you know, he's always been, uh, you know, even back then. I mean, he 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 was he was like he was money in the bank.
0: Yeah. So speaking of which, uh, the budget for uh, the Burbs was only ten million, or no eighteen million. I'm reading that wrong. And the uh, the gross, uh, the worldwide gross, which includes the gross for uh, domestic, is was forty nine million one hundred one thousand nine hundred ninety three. So to go back to that, if yeah, I bet if especially 93, 93 Tom Hanks. Yeah, if that movie would have would have like... They definitely well, would have was, gotten a bigger budget, too.
1: That was the same year as what Philadelphia, right?
0: Yeah, Philadelphia, and uh, it was coming close to like Forrest Gump, you know. I think Forrest Gump was 94, if I'm correct. So, I mean, to me, that was... That's awesome, you know, but that would have... I guarantee you, if Tom Hanks had played it, not, not saying John Goodman's not... John Goodman was perfect for that role, you know. Like, I don't want anybody else. But I'm just saying, Tom Hanks, you know, he let her on play Disney, you know, in the um, the Mary Poppins uh, biopic, you know, he, or whatever.
1: I, I will say though, know, I I think that I think that um, Goodman would, would have is definitely a better cast as as Castle. You see all the pictures of him and like interviews and stuff. He's definitely a better choice.
0: Yeah. He's, he's a better choice, but unfortunately, I guess also with the name William Castle and people not knowing who that is necessarily at that time, you know, like unless you're a big B movie uh, buff like us ourselves, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, well, when did you? It's, it, it's I was going to say, it's a tough, tough
1: line to, 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 it's a tough tightrope to walk because, you know, you want someone who is, you know, you want someone with, like, star power that can kind of carry a movie and, you know, with all the stuff, but at the same time, you know, you want someone who's going to more efficiently make that character.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, like, Goodman was really kind of, I don't think he was really that much of a TV or, like, a movie actor back then. You know, he was, I think he was still kind of, he was still kind of just known as, like, Roseanne's husband and You know, people forget, like, back in the day, it was still kind of like, you know, TV actors did TV and movie actors did movies, and, you know, neither the twain shall meet.
0: That's sort of true, and you're right, because he was, like, how he got famous was from Roseanne. Um, He tried to break out um, in the movie stuff, and he did, he had, like, lead roles, and it was because of Roseanne, I think. I literally think because he he was such a big name in that you know in that thing but um uh he also was in uh what he he did uh uh king ralph which i believe will get uh hollywood knockbusters i guarantee you that movie had to have lost money that movie was that movie was terrible um but but a lot of people love it um so that's 91 and they did. Um, and so let me see what the uh, box office on that is. So the budget was 23 million up. Oh, it can't be. Oh, wow. It can't be a it grossed 52 million on a 23 million dollar budget. All right. Well, I guess I was wrong about King Ralph. Uh, what's the other one I was thinking of? Um, babe. Do you remember that? Where you played Babe Ruth. The Babe. Where you played uh, Babe Ruth. Wow. Also on stars. A lot of these movies are on stars. (laughs) Stars Uh, on stars. Yeah. Um, What did that... What did that do? Like, box office wise. Isn't it not even telling me? Okay. So it doesn't say what the budget was, but it only, it grossed 19 million. So if it's under 19 million, uh, or if it was over 19 million, then it, it was a, that was a, I mean, I don't even know really what constitutes a bomb. Is is it less than the budget? Or is it, Uh, or e- even like, what if it only made like one, th- dollar more than the budget like made a profit of that isn't it still technically a bomb
1: well it's just i it,
0: i think it just got, kind of
1: depends you know it's like i think back in the day you know there were so many like there were so many movies that were put out that were you know making you know the whole thing was kind of like a law of averages you know they didn't you know they weren't you know people forget like this is before like everything had to be a massive studio blockbuster you right know, people were you know making like movies for like you know five to ten whatever million dollars and they were making you know decent you know you know decent money you know even if you know it's i mean a bot you know i would think a bomb is if i would say any any kind of a percentage of like if you're like i think if you I think if you haven't made thir- at least thirty percent of your money back on your
0: on your uh, of your
1: on your cost,
0: I think that's probably would constitute a bomb. So you take you know, the if you budget were- and you said like thirty-three percent of it, you know, like
1: 30 percent. Like say say if you're if you make like a ten million dollar movie, and you and you only make like three million. You know, I think that that probably could consider a bomb, you know,
0: in terms of. But I think if you made nine million, then that's still a bomb. You know, like yeah. even if it's like nine million, nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Like that's a bomb because it, it didn't make its budget back, which is like, you know, that's it didn't make a profit, you know? Well, I mean, like, I think there's there's a difference between not really making a
1: profit And then just like absolutely like losing money. Like, you know, there's, I think there's a a fine line there. You know, I remember, um, I forget the exact numbers, but I remember like the first Hellboy movie did not do, I mean, it was like, it was one of those things where it, I forget what the budget was. I mean, it's maybe like $60 million or something. And then it, uh, like afterwards, it was, kind of, um, I think it made maybe like 80 or something. So it made like a little, it it was one of those things where it made a little bit of money, but I don't think it made like a ton of money, Mm -hmm. you know, but, but yeah. And and of course, I think a bomb also depends over time. You know, the the definitions have changed, you know, especially since the Mm -hmm. economics have changed.
0: Uh, yeah no absolutely especially marvel i mean uh so you know during the pandemic and everything like marvel was freaking out wondering if they're going to recoup their costs you know and I, remember at one point they even put like black widow on uh disney plus before they before they were supposed to because they thought they weren't going to recoup their money back from the box office just stupid but you know that was that's a whole another discussion um you know that's the thing like you know you spend nowadays people spend a hundred to two hundred to five hundred million dollars you know on a movie and they hope that like the movie is gonna be gonna make its money back right you know yeah and like people like I, I've talked about this on many shows and different things, but people like Blumhouse have it, got it figured out, man. They make a movie for like one million to five million dollars, right? In that range, and then they make like a hundred million dollars, you know, and everything because they put well, up- even then, you know, that's that's a good 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 uh, business model because even, even if you
1: even if you don't make money, like say like you have like you know, say Blumhouse makes a movie for like a a billion dollars and they don't make, and they like only make like 10 million, which is like nothing, you know, I think you probably make that in your sleep on like a, on a horror movie, especially. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: uh, you know, you could make that and it's just like, you know, that's the thing, you know, but, you know, that's, I think one of the problems with Hollywood too, is like, you know the, the economics have changed so much that you know it's like people want to make you know these massive spectacular blockbusters and they're like you know all the things it's like you know i hate to say it but it's kind of like uh you know maybe like the difference between like dating a supermodel and like the girl down the road you know mm-hmm. it's like you know for you know the you know, the supermodel, you, everyone, you everyone's going to get like all jazzed up and try to, you know, do everything and go to the nines. And, you know, you know, you're going to want to take her to an expensive restaurant, you know, maybe like rent a nice car or, you know, you're going to be spending a lot of money and hopefully for, you know, some kind of an investment that may or may not, you know, happen. But while, you know, the girl down the road, you know, you know, you maybe just need to go to like a burger joint and maybe like, mini golf or something like that and you know, you can right. have a good time.
0: No, I agree. I mean I think that's the funny thing is like, you know, these these big tent pole movies that do like you know um, the gangbusters, you know, Spider Man No Way Home making billions of dollars in the box office, you know, whatever being like one of the biggest, you know, things. Now all of a sudden that's like the catalyst of what what people are are hoping that their next movies are going to amount to you know what i mean and then like and then after that where does marvel go right but then there's people like joe dante who's been making these movies for like you know 13 million dollars and not making the money back because people at 93 one of the biggest things was like what like jurassic park remember how jurassic park how big that fucking movie was you know, that, well,
1: you know, that's the thing. It's like people, you know, I, I think you know, that's one of the things is like people started making, you know, the, the massive Hollywood blockbusters, and then all of a sudden you start seeing, you know, everyone else is thinking, like, ooh, you know, and not only that, but it's just like um, you know, not only is there just like one movie that does it big, but then you start <laughs> having like summer movies. And you, when the, you start seeing how much money those summer movies made, you know, back in the day, you know, even like starting in like the mid 90s and stuff, where, you know, you'd have, God, it's like you'd have like three or four, sometimes five or six summer movies that would just make, you know, over 102 million, 100 million, 200 million dollars, mm-hmm. something like that. And it would just be, you know, that's, you know, everyone sees that, that that was like, hey,
0: you know, we can get a piece of this pie. Yep. No, I, I agree. And, um, but yeah, you're, you're just saying summer blockbusters. So there's movies like, I don't know, when did Mad come out? I feel like Mad came out in the summer. You know, I, I want to say that. Um, if it did, I, I want to say it would probably came out maybe like in August, late July, maybe. I would hope so. Like, I would hope that it didn't play around the same time as like Jurassic Park. Okay, actually, it came out. A release date was January 29th, ninth, nineteen ninety three. Okay. It was like the 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 dead the dead time. Yeah, well, it used to be the dead time, but nowadays a lot of horror films and a lot of like lower budgeted movies come out around that time. Yeah, um, Blumhouse puts a lot of their stuff around January February because, uh, you. It is sort of the dead time, but it's sort of the time where, like, that's when people are still going, you know, or going back out or whatever. But, um, I don't know, movies are so different now, you're right. Um, uh, But, yeah, Jurassic Park, I believe, was a summer movie, I want to say. Let's see. Oh, dude, I forgot. Um, I think 93, if I'm correct, was also the year of the Flintstones movie do you remember that uh do you remember that movie of john goodman and, played barney rubble rick moranis okay uh do you remember that did you ever see it uh no you never saw Well, you know i'm not surprised june 11th 1993 was uh, jurassic park so yeah i had a feeling um yeah that definitely made it's it made a billion dollars in the box office, Jesus Christ. Um,
1: that's, that's 93
0: money. That's ninety-three billion dollars, man. Fucking Spielberg. Uh uh, but let's see. Um, yeah, uh the Flintstones, I believe, was I could be wrong, it could be later. It was ninety-four, so it was a year later. He did uh the Flintstones. That's gotta be a Hollywood knockbuster. That's gotta be a uh it's going to be a bomb did that that was 46 million dollars ah and it grossed 341 million no oh, it did have a sequel so i'm not surprised jesus you know that's good though 341 million you know for a flintstones movie <laughs> yeah you know? uh but uh anywho uh i i loved matinee i loved re-watching it it was a lot of fun uh all the actors all the cast crew everybody down to like a science everybody was like perfect for the roles uh there wasn't a there wasn't a scene i didn't like you know like i wasn't bored i wasn't like not enthralled in watching this stuff um i just really had a fun time with it what yeah. about you it was good i liked it and you
1: you've seen it before though, right? Like years ago or something. Yeah, I like I said, I used to I used to own the. You know, I think they have it on Blu-ray now, but um, I I remember having the DVD. I bought it up in Fredericksburg at the old Borders.
0: Nice man. It should be. It, it's probably on. I think it is on Blu-ray. I think it's like a special edition one. You know, with like special features and shit. Yeah. Which is great because, you know, a movie like this actually should have a lot of special features. I, I think most of these movies deserve, like, commentary and, and stuff, especially on, you know, I, I, like, I like commentaries, and I like discussions on why maybe it didn't work, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, That's why I like starting this show, because I like to talk about movies that I think deserve to sort of be talked about that like a lot of people probably are not even aware art is out there you know um that just didn't do very well in the box office you know i mean this was not a direct-to-video movie or something you know this was a you know theater movie um and i wish i'd seen it in theater i think i would have loved it you know um but Mm mayton Actually, now that I'm thinking about 93, I was 11, 93. So I don't know. I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much as I do now, now that I'm a filmmaker, especially, you know, like it, it gives me that hope that one day I can go to the uh, theater, you know, and yeah. uh, have my films showing there and, and scaring people and, Having like a little thing fly down and hopefully not hit anybody in the head, you know, that would be great. Cause then nowadays you do that, you could be sued. You, know, you gotta be very careful with that shit. But you know, it, you, know, you,
1: know what you need to do is you need to have like, um, like, but also that back in the day, they would have like the nurses, people, this lady dressed up as like a nurse, and in in, as he came in the
0: door, saying like, you know, sign this to, you know, waive any right to sue and all that stuff. That's right. That they did that. They made sure that you signed everything and whatnot, just in case you tried to sue them for. uh, Was it? uh, I think it was William Castle who did something where somebody actually got scared to death or something, actually like died in the audience. You know, and that's that's like crazy, you know, and like you like nowadays you definitely be sued for that, you know, Um, even though that's not necessarily the movie's fault or whatever, you know. Um, maybe the person had a weak heart, you know. Uh, but they know they know that going to the movie that the, if they're possibly gonna be scared, you know. Um, so I, I tell everybody go to the movie theater, and enter at your own risk. Yep. You know. Um anyway, was there anything else that we did not discuss in this, you know, from this movie?
1: Um well, there was also the the background of the The whole thing was during the during the background of the Cuban Missile Crisis.
0: Yep. So everyone was,
1: everyone was scared of the uh, you know, they, they they everyone was at the beach like you know, towards the buildup of all the, the arms and all that stuff. And I, I did. Like what was that? Uh, it was kind of the bookend of the. Of everything going on, you know, like all the shaking in the theater, everyone was thinking that, you know, there was a Russian that there was a like a communist attack and everything.
0: And they had a was it the uh, they had the was it the thing that you go inside? Um, I'm blanking bomb on shelter. the name bomb shelter, they had a bomb, bomb shelter. shelter, and uh, the, the the theater manager that was his bomb shelter. and uh, what is it? Um, yeah, they locked them. The kids locked themselves in, or whatever. Locked in. Well, accidentally, like yeah. And they had to pry that shit open, you know. Which that guy was saying that it was supposed to not be able to be pried open, you know. So I would blame the manufacturers of that bomb shelter, you know, for that. Um, that was that was a great scene too, because that was that was the the kiss scene, and that was the scene where. They're just, you know, probably felt uncomfortable around each other because they were stuck in this bomb shelter and, and in real life, they didn't, you know, yeah. seem to actually like each other. Or at least she probably liked him and like not like like that, but she probably was trying to be nice to him, you know? Yeah. I don't know why Simon Fitton felt that way, but, you know, it'd be interesting to talk to him someday. Simon, if you're out there listening, you know, let us know. Uh, your thoughts on that <laughs> um well i think that's about it unless there's one anything else do you know if there's anything else we didn't discuss i think that's to... it yeah there's i mean the movie we could have we could have talked about the whole like the whole movie from start to finish but like honestly you could watch the movie and you can get that for yourself you know and, and in fact i I urge you all to go watch it, rent it, buy it, whatever you have to do to to see it because it is it is a lot of fun. It's a cute movie. It doesn't deserve uh, to not be be remembered, you know. And, um, And be cast aside like last like last week's leftovers. Exactly. It's not leftovers. This is this is a meal, you know. And you should enjoy the meal. I really I love you know, uh, movies like this. I love movies that, you know, don't get the acclaim and everything. And they're so cute. It was a cute movie. Like, I don't know. There's just something about watching it and just kind of enjoying the time and just everything about it. You know, I thought it was a, it was an adorable movie. Um, I, I suggest people go see it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. John Goodman is, you know, it was John Goodman, you know, he's, just so much fun in the movie. Um, so definitely check it out and let us know what you think. And thank you, Vittorio for coming on and chatting, chatting with me about this. Um, thank you. As I said, I'm probably going to have you back again this season at some point for another one. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how crazy, I don't know. Things are, things are nuts right now. So we'll see, um, what happens, but I'm sure you'll, you'll be excited to come back. Um, Maybe we'll do Ghost Dad, the Bill Cosby movie.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. He's, uh, he's not, you know, I don't know. That's a movie that gets a lot of, uh, well, uh, it doesn't get enough attention and obviously Bill Cosby gets a lot of attention now. So, it's a hard what, movie. To... What's the movie he did? Wasn't the movie where he was like a spy or something? Oh, yes. I remember that. There's a spy movie. I forgot what it's called. Uh, Oh my god. I thought it was called something spy, you know. Um I know what you're now I've gotta look that up. Oh my god. I'm probably driving people nuts because I'm looking shit up while I talk to you. Um do 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 a lot of fat Albert stuff here. Um Top Secret.
1: No, no. that was Val Kilman.
0: No, there's another movie called Top Secret. Really? So yep yeah, that's probably not what you're thinking of um yeah that was another movie he did i spy he was in that show robert uh, colt yep um he was in litter part six that's probably a hollywood knockbuster so I believe I that, think that be, I think
1: that may be the one. I think that may be the one that they can own.
0: Okay, yeah. It, it had a $24 million budget only made $4 million.
1: So that's a that, I, big that loss. I would consider that's
0: I would consider that a bomb. You would consider that a bomb for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Leonard part six. Secret agent Leonard Parker, Bill Cosby is called out of retirement to save the world from evil genius Med- Medusa Johnson played by gloria foster uh wow yeah yep it was a bomb so that might be one of the one of the ones too you know uh i'll be doing for bollywood there's a ton of movies out there for this so this is only um i believe the third season right now so i'm sure my plan is to to keep going with this show until there's literally, you know, until I just get tired of it, I guess. I don't know. Cause yeah. there's literally so many, I could do it forever, you know? Um, yeah, but, uh, thank you so much. And everybody, thank you guys for listening. Uh, joining me next month for a new episode. I can't tell you what it is yet, but, uh, I will tell you that I have somebody specific and I have, a movie specific that I'm really excited to 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 do so uh thank you guys and I was excited to do this one this was fun and thank you so much Vittorio. Um, and everybody else uh enjoy your the rest of your month have a good one bye bye, bye.